You may be seated. Good morning, good morning. Again, um, I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon, and we are so glad that you all are here. We're going to continue a message series this morning that we started a couple weeks ago. It's called Good Questions. So these are questions that I'm asked most often as a pastor. Chris has been asked a few of these questions, too. So what are the, the questions that Chris and I are asked most often? And I think one of the questions that I have asked I have been asked the most often and probably asked myself is, does my life matter? What's my purpose for being here on earth? Do I really matter? I'm asked that question all the time. Maybe not in those exact words. They're asked in all kinds of different ways, right? But deep down, people are asking the question, does my life really matter and what is my purpose here on earth? I'm going to scoot this back just a little bit so I don't knock it over. Um, When I'm asked that question, when I start thinking about that question, does my life really matter and what is my purpose, I can't help but think about one um, time I served in prison ministry when I was in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, Just I visited folks in prison. I helped lead worship services in prison. I was just really involved in a prison ministry there in Nashville, Tennessee. And about a week before Christmas, we went to a smaller prison in Nashville, Tennessee, and um, to have like a meal and, and do this sort of Christmas worship service with uh, about 150 guys. So we get, it's about a dozen of us in ministry there. We, um, you know, sort of file into this open room and we go through the checkpoint. They pat you down, check your paperwork a couple times, make sure you're not bringing anything in or taking anything out. And we got to provide a meal for these guys. So we also wheeled in, um, you know, baked chicken and green beans and potatoes and dinner rolls. And um, we also had this big tub, right? Um, So there were two things that we carried with us. One was the food, the buffet food, and the second thing was this big tub of water because a guy had uh, contacted us a couple weeks before that and he wanted to be baptized at this worship service. So we like literally wheel in this big huge baptismal uh, pool and we you know, carry in this food. And, and we file into this, this gym, we set up the uh, big tool, the big pool of baptism water on one side and the buffet of water. And it's just this big gym and the dozen of us that are there serving with the prison ministry. And then all of a sudden they make an announcement, if you're going to the worship service, go to the gym. And about 150 guys file into this gym that's literally empty except for the pool of water, the food, and then there's these, do y'all know those uh, metal bleachers that are like six rows high, they usually sit like out at a soccer field or something, there's one, there's like those set up against the wall, so 150 of these guys from prison file in and they sit on those bleachers um, there in the wall, they look, honestly those guys looked like us, they don't, they're not handcuffed, they don't have restraints, the only thing that makes them look different than us is we had on what they call street clothes, I had on something similar to what I'm wearing right now, and the guys had on these blue prison scrubs that said Tennessee Department of Corrections, you know, stamped all over it, and so they come in and they, you know, crowd into this space and they, they sit down, and we started, there was, we had this like rotation A couple of us spoke. I didn't actually speak or sing, but a couple folks spoke and sang. And it was fine, but have you been in one of those, like, worship services ever in your life where it's like, this is fine, but it's not, like, really connecting? That's, like, how it was for the first half. We were just having a hard time, like, getting in the flow of things. And then all of a sudden, this big black guy gets up in front of the microphone, and he he looks at the guys, and he's like, I'm not a public speaker. God did not ask me to speak publicly, but I can sing 
and I am going to sing you all a song about what Jesus did in my life. And even right now, I have cold chills because there was something about him standing up in that microphone, and there was just this moment where it was like the Holy Spirit is here in this place right now. And he stood up in that microphone, and he had a guitar, and he sang this song by Big Daddy Weave called I Am Redeemed. The words, I have the words for the first verse. He said, seems like all I could see was the struggle, haunted by ghosts that lived in my past. He's just singing like an angel, these words. Bound up in shackles of all my failures, wondering how long is this going to last? These guys who day by day live the same schedule, they have to be asking the question, like, what's my purpose here? Does my life matter? As they do the exact same thing day after day, minute after minute. And then he sings this this line. He says, um, then you look at the prisoner and say to me, this is the words of this song, then you look at the prisoner and you say to me, son, stop fighting a fight that's already been won. So many of us are asking the question, does my life matter? It's because we're fighting fights that have already been won. Those guys in the, in the stands are like, you could tell they're just cert- zeroed in on this guy, just singing like an angel in front of these guys. Stop fighting. The battle's already been won. And then in the loudest, strongest, most beautiful verse voice I've ever heard, he sings the chorus of the song, I am redeemed. You set me free, so I'll shake off these heavy chains, wipe away every stain. Now I'm not who I used to be. I am redeemed. And 175 men in blue Tennessee Department of Corrections scrubs stood up and held their hands up, and they sang every word of the chorus with them again. I am redeemed. You set me free. I'll shake off these heavy chains, wipe away every stain. I'm not who I used to be. I am redeemed. And Udon, the man who we were there to baptize, without even being asked, simply got out of those bleachers and he walked to the baptismal pool and he met a pastor who's been a mentor and a friend of mine forever. And he just, Udon hops in to that that baptismal pool of water. And, And Jacob, the pastor, asks him a question like, do you believe in Jesus and do you promise to live for him forever? And he baptizes him in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He puts him, Tennessee Department Correction scrubs and all down in that water and raises him up. And Udon stands in front of those 175 men soaking wet with water running down his face and he puts his fist up in the air and he says, I am redeemed. I'm not who I used to be. And everyone in the stands, including me, was cheering at this point. This man had grasped the purpose of Jesus for his life. For 20 more years, he will be in that prison. Before he's ever eligible for parole, he will live for 20 more years. This moment didn't magically fix his life. He's still going to get up every day, eat breakfast, go to work, live this schedule of prison life. But suddenly he had a purpose through Jesus and it set him free. It shook off his heavy chains. He was redeemed. He knew in that moment he wasn't who he used to be. And Udon did. He went to do amazing things. He and 
couple of his friends set up a hospice unit in the prison because men who have congestive heart failure or get cancer or, or whatever, they have to die in prison without their family and their friends surrounding him. And he trained to be a hospice nurse and chaplain. And Udon spent his days in prison working as a hospice nurse and chaplain, helping people in the final days of their lives that they may not be alone, that they did not die sad and, and alone, but they died holding Udon's hand as he ministered to them as a hospice chaplain and nurse. He found his purpose in Jesus in that prison. And he lived free. He wrote us letters about this. You could tell the letter like literally like just was soaked in this grace and this purpose and this freedom. He was redeemed. He's not who he used to be. Guys, I moved to South Tampa about five years later, and I would love to tell you that I've not seen people walk in to a coffee shop or to a play date or to some gathering or to some school meeting or to work or wherever. I've not seen them walk in with the same weight on their shoulders that I saw those men file into that gym on that day a week before Christmas for worship service. As, as they walked in, as some of you have walked into coffee shops or to your workplaces or to a meeting with me, I've seen that same heaviness on your shoulders. I've seen that same longing in your face. I've seen that same question like, is this really what life is like every single day? Do I have purpose? Does my life really matter? I, that's why you ask that question because I've seen you have that same weight, that same heaviness, and ask those same questions. And I need to tell you that the same Jesus who gave Udon freedom and, per and, and purpose in a prison is here to give you freedom and purpose in the life you are living. God wants you. God wants you to be a person who stands with hands raised and proclaims to a world, I am redeemed. I'm not who I used to be. My ministry setting changed, but what God has called me and asked me to do hasn't changed. You have a purpose. Your life matters. And God is ready to use you for the purposes of God in this world right where we are. God wants you singing, I am redeemed. I'm not who I used to be. There was this moment in, in Jesus's life. There was a guy who was born, his name was John the Baptist. He, God was really clear with him before he was even born with his parents. His parents' names were Zachariah and Elizabeth. And God was really clear, this guy is special. He has a special purpose in the world. He is to prepare the way for the Lord. He is to spend every single moment of his life preparing people for Jesus who will come after him. He needs to preach about good news. He needs to preach about repentance. He needs to say, there is someone coming after me. The Son of God is coming after me, and y'all need to get ready. That was his sole purpose. God was really clear with him. That's what you're supposed to do. John had a few folks who surrounded him and, and joined him in that ministry and as he's teaching about him. And then in John chapter 1, verse 29, um, John sees Jesus. He sees this person that God said, your job is to prepare the way of the Lord. John saw Jesus coming toward him. And he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John is teaching and doing what he's supposed to, and he, he sees Jesus and he says, look, look y'all, there is the Lamb of God, the one who takes away the sin of the world. This is who I've been talking about. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. 
I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed in Israel. My purpose was to help you know about him, to reveal his glory to you, and his purpose is to be the Lamb of God and take the sin of the world out of the world. And then John gave this testimony. John the Baptist baptized Jesus in the Jordan River, and this is what he tells people about what happens. He says he baptized him, and then he saw the Spirit... Capital S, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, come down from heaven as a dove and remain on Jesus. And I myself didn't know him. I didn't know what was going on. But the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. There were two things in that gym that day, there was a pool of water and there was a, a, tre- a buffet of food. That pool of water was about baptizing in the same name and in the ho- same power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus was baptized in. The purpose of Jesus' life, there was this moment when he was baptized where the purpose of God through Jesus Christ became clear to the whole world. He was baptized and raised again out of that water so that sin may be taken out of the world and so that heaven would come down on earth through Jesus. And we, those of us who've been baptized, who followed Jesus into the waters of baptism, that's our purpose too. To follow the Jesus who was about bringing heaven down from up there right here to earth and rooting sin and darkness and pain and brokenness and shame. Rooting it out of the world. That is the purpose with which you are called for. If you're like, does my life matter? If you're asking that question this morning, it matters. God, through Jesus Christ, has a purpose for you to bring heaven from up there down here all around you. Has anybody lived in this world that I've lived in this week? There's never been a time more important for heaven to come down and for us to be people who are rooting out sin and darkness and brokenness out of the world. That, that is our purpose. And if you have been baptized, that is the baptism that you were baptized for. That is the purpose for which you were baptized for, for the, for the spirit of heaven to come down and to be shared with the world around you so that brokenness may come out. It's not just about washing away sin. It's not, about, it's not when you go down and come up here all of a sudden like washed away from sin. It's not just about washing away sin. It's about committing to a life that is rooting sin out of everywhere that we see it in our own lives and in the world around us. It is about chasing after the purposes of God for heaven to come down on earth, for there to be enough bread for the people around us, for children in our community at Shermonte Elementary School who have learned online for way too long to know they are loved and supported and cared for by people in our community. This is what we have been baptized for. At Horizon Church, we baptize children. We baptize infants. And the reason that we baptize infants is because before the world has a chance to whisper into their ears its own purpose, your purpose is to get a good job. Your purpose is to make a lot of money. Your purpose is to get into the right college. Before the world can whisper those things in their ears, we say, no, your purpose is to bring heaven on earth in the name of Jesus to a world that needs it. This This is your purpose, to find evil and and darkness and injustice and oppression and root it out of the world. That is your purpose. We whisper those things in their ear and we promise as a church to surround them long before the world has a chance to infiltrate them with purposes that are different than that. 
That's why we baptize infants and children here. We baptize adults who've never been baptized because we know, we know that the Jesus who came to earth and was baptized and who walked to Golgotha and gave his life on a cross for us and rose again above all of these things, we know that that Jesus has a purpose for everybody's life in this community to bring heaven down on earth and to root the brokenness and darkness and sin out of this world. That's why we baptize adults. We've done it here so that there is a group of people, a, a group of believers who are standing up saying, I am redeemed. I'm not who I used to be. I'm not who I used to be. If you're asking this morning, does my life matter? It matters. Is your marriage falling apart? Is your finances falling apart? Is your job falling apart? Is your identity falling apart? Is everything around you falling apart? Then ask yourself, am I living for the purposes of heaven to come down? Am I spending my money so that heaven comes down and sin and darkness and brokenness is rooted out of the world? Is my marriage, is it about heaven coming down and sin and brokenness and despair and pain being rooted out of the world? Is that the kind of spouse I am? In your job, are you asking the question, is it about heaven coming down on earth? And me making sure that darkness and brokenness through the power of Jesus Christ is rooted out of this world. If you're asking the question, does my life really matter? Do I really have purpose? The answer is yes, in and through Jesus for the purposes of heaven, for God's purposes from heaven to come down and, and, and be at work in the world around you and through you. Does your life matter? It matters. Jesus, after he was baptized, three different people, he like immediately got out of the water and he met a guy named Simon and he looked at him and he said, everybody's called you Simon and I'm changing your name to Peter. Follow me. And Peter's like, that sounds great. I'm Peter now. I'm following you. I have lived casting my nets in the wrong places for too long. I'm ready to follow you. Where are you casting your nets? Where is your identity? What are the names people call you? Jesus calls you something different. What is it? What is it this morning? He walks down the street a little further, and this guy named Nathaniel looks over at him, and he was like, Jesus says, follow me. And he was like, aren't you from Nazareth? Nothing good's come out of Nazareth that I've ever heard of. Like, he literally says that to Jesus. Who says that? He's like, I've never heard of anything good coming out of Nazareth. And his friend Philip looks at him, and he was like, follow him anyway. Let's go and see what he's about. And Jesus looks right at him, and he was like, I'm going to change your stereotypes and your perspectives. Everything about you is going to change, Nathaniel. Follow me. God is going to do great, great things. Come and see. And Nathaniel's like, you know what? I've lived this life judging people from Nazareth too long. I'm going to follow this guy. I want to be about things that are greater and bigger than me. What have you been looking at? What, is your, what have you been stereotyping or, or thinking, that's not good enough for me. I'm not good enough for that. Jesus changes your perspective as you become really clear with his purposes. Jesus changes everything. Come and see. Hear him say this morning, follow me. Hear him say this morning, follow me. A group of 12 guys said yes to doing that. They followed Jesus everywhere. They healed the sick. They ministered to the poor. They fed the hungry. They made sure that, that heaven, the goodness of God's love was shared with a world desperate for it. And this morning, some of you need to be reminded that God has asked you is looking you right in the face and say, follow me. Can you live for my purposes? Can you let God do greater and better and more amazing things 
through you follow me. And after three years of following Jesus, after three years of following Jesus through the streets of the Middle East, right? Through Capernaum and Galilee, through Cana and all these places. These people are following Jesus through these dusty roads in the Middle East. They're listening to him teach. They're feeding people. They're healing people. They're doing all these amazing things for Jesus. And, and Jesus knows after he's journeyed for years, for three years through all these places and on this road, he knows there's one more road he has to walk. And he has to walk it by himself. It's the road to Golgotha, to the cross. And on that night before he has to make that journey, he gathers in an upper room with these best friends who've given up everything they have and lived for the purposes of Jesus who made sure their jobs were about following Jesus, who made sure that every step they took was about heaven coming down on earth. And when they didn't understand, they had the courage to ask Jesus, what do you mean and what does this look like? After three years of that, they're gathered in an upper room. And in John chapter 13, it says, It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Did y'all hear that? These guys had purpose because Jesus loved them just as they were, even up until the very end. He loved them so much. The evening meal was in progress. They were having supper. And the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Just saying yes to following Jesus does not make you immune to the devil asking you to betray the purposes of heaven. If you are sitting here this morning and you're like, Erica, I've messed it up. I've betrayed the purposes of heaven. Judas did the exact same thing. And I want you to listen to what happened. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. He knew that God had things under control and that he had come from God and was returning to God. He knew God had already won the battle that he was about to fight. He knew who the winner was. So he got up from the meal. Jesus got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing. He had on an extra robe. He took it off. And he wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin. And he began to wash the feet of his disciples who had walked a long journey with him, living out his purposes, making sure heaven came down to earth. He bent down on the ground and he started to wash the feet of his disciples and then he dried them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you really going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. There's something Jesus is doing for you right now in your life. And like Simon Peter, you're like, Jesus, are you really going to do that? Is this really what you're going to make me do? Listen to the words of Jesus. You don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you're going to understand. No, said Peter. None of us has said no to Jesus when he says this, right? No, said Peter. You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Give me all. Jesus, wash all of me. And Jesus said, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. You're clean, Peter, though not every one of you are clean. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place. 
And he looked at his disciples and he said, Do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so. I'm your teacher, I'm your Lord, for that's what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. You should do as I have done for you. There were two things in that, in that gym where those guys gathered that night in the Tennessee Department of Corrections. There was a pool of water where someone was baptized, and it was this moment where we knew God was going to work through him for the purposes of Jesus to come alive on earth, that heaven was going to come to earth because of the power of Jesus at work in him and his baptism. And then there was a buffet line of food. On the last night before Jesus gave himself up for us, he spent time eating with his disciples and his friends, and he said, This is the most important thing that you will do. When everything else gets cloudy and scary and messed up, I want you to serve one another. I want you to wash the feet of the people around you. Guys, I don't know about y'all, but life's been kind of complicated lately. Life has been really complicated lately. There are so many questions, so many, is this the right thing or is this the wrong thing? I don't know where to stand. Everybody's mad at each other. Life has felt really complicated And this morning, if you're asking the question, does my life really matter? Do I really have purpose? There are two answers that the church can offer because of Jesus Christ. One is baptism, that Jesus has a purpose for your life. And the second is something that we do every single week. We have communion because we remember that even though we've betrayed the, the, the plans of Jesus, the purposes of Jesus in the world, there is still a Jesus who says, you are called to serve one another. In a few minutes, we'll go through the rest of the story. But if life is really complicated, if you're sitting here this morning asking, does my life really matter? Do I really have purpose? I want to remind you that that Jesus keeps it really simple. Make sure that it's about the, the work of heaven coming down on earth and you are rooting out pain and darkness and brokenness and sin in the world and serve the people around you. Wash their feet. Love them. Turn off the news channel and figure out something you can do for somebody else. Quit arguing all the time with your spouse and figure out how to serve them and do something nice for them. Quit having arguments on social media. Turn that mess off and figure out how to serve somebody else and to be about the purposes of Jesus, the purposes of heaven coming down on earth right now. Your life matters and the world has needed the people of Jesus so much this week. So in the week week ahead, what does it look like? What does it look like for us to be people who say our purpose is going to be different? We are redeemed. We're not who we used to be, and the world's going to be different because of it. The band's going to come on up. And this morning, we have a few folks in our church who have lived these purposes of life. They know what it's like before. They know what it's like after. They submitted themselves to the God who says, follow me. Follow me. This morning, Abby and the band are going to sing new wine. In the pressing, in the crushing, God, we still believe you're up to something. If those who, um, if y'all just come up here while the band uh, gets ready.